Welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell, and yes, this is not Thursday. It is, in fact, Tuesday morning. We are doing a second show from here throughout the end of the NFL season, taping after each week's Monday night football game. And I was a little worried. We weren't going to have a ton to discuss. There's some news we were going to talk about, but a Jaguars-Bengals game that was not expected to be very competitive given uh, the situation with the Bengals where they were missing their starting quarterback, Joe Burrow. And oh boy, is there a lot to talk about after what happened. Uh, Some good, some bad, a lot weird, I would say, after the Jags-Bengals game. But joining me to talk about that and the Monday news on this taped Monday night, airing Tuesday morning episode, as we're here a few minutes after the Monday night game, is someone I trust implicitly to give us the hard facts based on what he saw from Monday Night Football. And that is my friend from The Ringer, one of the two best people named Danny hosting a fantasy football show (laughs) for The Ringer. It is Danny Kelly. Danny, sir, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for that introduction. How are you doing? I'm good. I am excited to talk to you in general, of course, as always. But I feel like we have a lot to hit here after that game. And so let's start with Bengals-Jaguars. Let's start with the big story coming out of this game, which is Trevor Lawrence's, uh, as we record this, unknown injury. Um, The Jags said he was questionable to return with an ankle injury. Uh, It looked like it would have taken him maybe 16 quarters of overtime to have any shot of returning, given how gingerly he was limping off after the injury. It was a obviously traumatic moment for Lawrence and for Jaguars fans who were um, you could, you know, audibly hear their uh, their reaction to Lawrence struggling to get up and then throwing his helmet down yeah. in fury. So let's start with that, Danny, um, and the Trevor Lawrence injury with acknowledging that we don't know how serious it is yet. Um, what did you see on that play? What what was your reaction to seeing Lawrence go down? Uh, my honest reaction was just like, are you serious? Not again. This can't be happening. Yes. You know, I went through like all the different stages of grief very quickly. Some bargaining in there, um, you know, anger, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's like it de- just typical of the season. It feels like where so many major, you know, superstar quarterbacks are getting hurt and potentially mm-hmm. for long periods of time. Um, right now, the initial prognosis or, or diagnosis or whatever is that he has an ankle sprain which to me seems a little bit hopeful um but obviously he's on crutches according to a reporter so you know maybe maybe it's just like a very severe ankle sprain and he won't be back for a while so obviously my, but like my big my big initial reaction was just like this cannot be happening again are we serious here Yes, in a situation where the quarterback on the other side of the field, Joe Burrow, was not playing because he suffered a serious wrist injury and is expected to miss the rest of the regular season. Um, what what was so strange about it is that it seemed to be kind of two separate plays at once where you have Walker Little, the left tackle, who was maybe benched after the play. Um, not entirely clear. The broadcast said he was on the sideline holding his helmet. Um, 
he's been a frustrating player. He's played some guard for them this year. He was playing a left tackle because Cam Robinson got injured, I believe, last week in, in the Jaguars game. But he steps on Trevor Lawrence's ankle. That brings Lawrence down. And then he gets bent backwards after the he, he gets taken down originally because of the angle of the uh, where he was hit. So just a strange play altogether. I mean, I, I can't really recall a quarterback injury looking like that. Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, again, the fact that it was an ankle is almost reassuring to me because the way his knee bent back yes. was like really concerning. Obviously, yes. you worry about ACL, you worry about something else happening in there, MCL or whatever, um, because he folded. He, he like essentially got his foot stuck and then folded back on it on on himself, essentially. And um, so, I'm yeah, I'm again, kind of like hopeful that it's not something super, super major that's going to keep him out for the entire rest of the season, maybe hopefully just a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I think the fact that it's not a knee injury is a little bit encouraging, at least right this minute. And so, um, yeah, it, it was just a very strange injury. Like, like you said, it's, it's, I don't think I remember a quarterback throwing their helmet off like that in pure pain um, yeah. on the field. And so that was very disconcerting in the moment. Like, Oh God, like what, what just happened here? So um, yeah. Yeah, after that, one of the weirdest, like, post-quarterback injury situations I can remember, Trevor Lawrence was walked to the sideline and then to the locker room <laughs> yeah, very yeah. gingerly by a cop and an <laughs> athletic trainer. <laughs> I mean, like, it, like I, I feel what bad. What is happening here? Yeah. Like, you know, obviously it's a serious injury. I don't want to, like, make light of it, but... right. The Jaguars are an organization with means. They certainly have all the resources. <laughs> ben Baby, our, our Bengals reporter, did say that the Jaguars had a cart available on the sideline, and seemingly Trevor Lawrence chose not to use wanted it. Wanted to walk it off, maybe? Wanted to yeah. walk it off, but such a weird situation to see your franchise quarterback, the most important person in your entire franchise, barely able to walk to the X-ray room, getting propped up by a... a a policeman i just is this guy related to dom big dom from the eagles <laughs> <laughs> is this we just got like they didn't have any trainers that were big and strong enough to carry trevor lawrence to the to the back also by the way is the locker room a mile away yes he was it, <laughs> they're in the de they're in the bowels of the stadium just walking seemingly fred it's like it reminded me of the movie the road it's like <laughs> just depressing underneath the stadium he's just limping uh, obviously, like you said, don't like to make light of it, but that was also just kind of a weird contrast in like the seriousness of it. It's like, why is he walking? Yes. Why is he walking? Why is this, the locker room so far from the field? Um, also, the other weird thing that happened in this game, speaking of people on the Jaguars sideline, actually ended up impacting the end of the game. The Jaguars were penalized a timeout in the second half because their water guy seem to go rogue and give, walk on the field to give Evan Ingram a water bottle or maybe right. they he thought they had a timeout and they didn't which ended up being really meaningful because the Jaguars had to uh basically it changed the way they call plays at the end of the game ended mm -hmm. up leading to a not just a a field goal but then also gave the Bengals the opportunity to get back and uh, maybe get in a position for a game winning field goal so that also seemed inexplicable lots of weird stuff happening in this game yeah I think, it, again, it's like emblematic of this whole season. It's just like the the narrative or the script has just gone haywire here, I think, with the NFL season this year. Um, you know, 
the big Dom thing yesterday or and then this I feel like situation. you really want to talk about big Dom. Sorry, I just keep I just keep <laughs> thinking of like weird sideline stuff that happened. What what did happen with the water person? Because I saw the someone was like tying their shoe. Did they think there was yes. a timeout or something? And then yes. they ran out there. Yes, okay. based on on what what the 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 the. the, the Broadcast is the word I was thinking. I was going to say the show. The show seems like the wrong word. It the is broadcast. a show, because it, it's all scripted, of course. That's true. There is even <laughs> that advertisement saying that it's all scripted. Um, based on the broadcast, it seemed like the water guy thought there was a, a timeout, either the, that the team had called a timeout or there was maybe a, a timeout on the field. And so he walked onto the field to give Everett Ingram water, which isn't a normal thing that you do. But, and this has to be like, you have to feel so bad if you're this person because like your your job, you know, you have very few things you need to do. Hydration, <laughs> hydration's job one, no question. Number two, not costing the team a timeout by going onto the field at the incorrect time. And classic example of you had one job. Um, you had two jobs, to be fair. <laughs> he had two jobs. And that right. second job was was not the the correct decision. Did not get ejected. To my knowledge, so a step ahead of Big Dom, uh, as far as I can tell, <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. In terms of the Lawrence injury, again, we're not sure exactly of the severity, but it did not look good um, for Trevor Lawrence. Certainly his reaction was not, I have a minor ankle injury. So half the league, it feels like, is dealing with injured quarterbacks right now. The Jaguars are, are now added to that list. We saw C.J. Beathard in the fourth quarter of this game. He almost immediately got injured himself on, on when right. he fumbled on his first play of the game as he scrambled. Seemed to work through it. Was solid enough and has you know experience as a decent quarterback in the Kyle Shanahan offense from San Francisco. They have Nathan Rourke who had an incredible play against the Cowboys in the preseason, which probably got him a spot on the practice squad. He is in the, the, the organization, but was not active for Sunday. I think or for Monday, Logan Cook was going to be uh, the emergency quarterback if Beathard was unable to go. But Danny, from your perspective, if, if Lawrence is out for an extended period of time, is this CJ Beathard or bust? Or do you think Doug Peterson goes on the market and tries to find some sort of other solution yeah. to supplement what they have. And if the, if he does, who would that guy be? It just feels like we're running out of quarterbacks right now. Um, I mean, I to be completely honest, like I don't, I didn't really know who Tommy DeVito was before he started playing for the giants. Like uh, Tim Boyle didn't know a lot, whole lot about him. If I'm being completely honest, like there's so many random quarterbacks playing in the NFL right now. Um, guys from all over, guys from small schools. Uh, it's just like there's a very weird shortage of quarterbacks with so many injuries right now. So, I mean, I would imagine they go with C.J. Beathard. And honestly, he kind of looked decent out there. Um, 
you know, he gave him a chance. And when we saw what Jake Browning did today, like, you know, maybe just having the guy who's been in your system and has been in the building is probably the best thing to do. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, they could go outside, but I, I honestly don't like know who it would, who it would be. Um, just because they're, I feel like everyone else is already employed. I would, I would probably throw out Carson Wentz, but he just got hired. Well, I mean that the Carson Wentz Doug Peterson relationship did not exactly end well in Philadelphia, <laughs> from my recollection. Uh, would you Bortles? Maybe throw throw that name out there. Is he on a roster right now? I think Bortles is on a practice squad, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. The guy who came to mind for me, and we've seen him pull this off late in the season and help Doug Peterson win playoff games, and he even has experience playing for these very Jacksonville Jaguars. Would Nick Foles be someone you call? Yeah, that was the other one. Is he another guy? Is he on a roster currently? I, I don't believe Nick Foles actually is not know. on a roster. <laughs> Blake Bortles is listed on Wikipedia as a former NFL quarterback, which is, I will admit, news to me. I feel like realistically, oh, he, he sorry, he announced his retirement on a podcast, which does not count. Um, mm, right, you, that's not official. Feel like you, yeah, right, that's not filing official retirement papers. You would feel like he would be willing to come back if the Jaguars offered him an opportunity. But Nick Foles is a free agent. He is available. And, I mean, I just saw Joe Flacco come back and right. looked okay for the Browns. Looked like the best Browns quarterback this year. Yes. Like, would it be that crazy if Nick Foles came back for the Jags if Trevor Lawrence is out for an extended period of time? I don't think it would be that crazy. I'm kind of rooting for it now. <laughs> um, to be totally honest, it's, again, I, the quarterback situation has just become like a parody to me at this point. It's, I, who are these people and how, how, like, where are they coming from? Where do they keep finding these quarterbacks? Um, and can we please ha- stop having starting quarterbacks get hurt? Yes. For the and love at of God. the same time, like Jacoby Brissett, who was like a very viable NFL quarterback is just buried on the commander's step <laughs> yes, chart. They yeah. brought him in to hand the ball off three times to end the game against the dolphins on, on Sunday. They could have traded them at the trade deadline. And apparently we're asking for a day two pick and nobody offered uh, that much. So it's frustrating. There's lots of quarterbacks. Most of them are injured. Some of them are buried on depth charts. It really feels like the sort of year where, it's going to come down to like, just do you have a healthy starting quarterback and is he competent? Like that's going to be enough to get you to the second round of the postseason. Yeah. No, it's like, usually you want to have like a really healthy roster. Um, yes. And like the most healthy roster usually goes the furthest in the playoffs, but this year it's like literally the most important player. That's all we need. That's the one prerequisite for getting into the playoffs and doing well is just have a quarterback. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty grim out there right now. Pretty grim, but then you look at what happened in this game, Danny. Nobody was expecting much out of Jake Browning, and I think that includes the Cincinnati Bengals, who <laughs> their the first couple drives of this game was like kid on training wheels in terms of yeah. what they were comfortable letting him do, and then Jake Browning just started dropping bombs. He was incredible in this game. He what were I think he had four incompletions all game, and then yep. two of those incompletions were drops. Um, bailed out a little bit. Jamar Chase made two crazy catches in this game, but Jake Browning looked confident. He looked, um, he was very effective. He knew where to go with the football. The one really ugly mental mistake in the passing game for the Bengals came from Tyler Boyd, who threw the ball directly to Josh <laughs> Allen right, right. on a trick play. Yeah, he, and honestly, in, in 
I think I feel like I sh- I need to never make fun of these backup quarterbacks again because uh, <laughs> they can have a game like this and come out of the blue and just be in command. I mean, not, he truly did look very good. And mm-hmm. I should have learned my lesson when Josh Dobbs had like changed teams four times and was like really yes. good for each of the teams immediately. Um, maybe there is something here. Uh, but like, I remember when he was named the back or when he was named the starter, when Joe Burrow went down, mm-hmm. uh, he had a press conference and he said something along the lines of like, I have irrational confidence. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I kind of like this guy. Like I, I like that attitude at least. Um, you know, he goes out there and he, like he said, he played he like a fearless style of, of football, at least after the first couple of drives where it was just screen, 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 screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like getting him a couple of layups to get into rhythm or free throws, if you will, if you want to use the mm-hmm. basketball reference or whatever, and um, get into a rhythm and get his confidence. And then he was just, you know, throwing the ball deep. It was, you know, there was even people throwing out like Joe Burrow system quarterback jokes <laughs> during the game. That's That's where we are. That's how good he was. He was great, and and full credit to him, full credit to the Bengals coaching staff. I mean, this would have been a very easy situation. Primetime television, facing a Jags team with every reason to be motivated to compete for the top spot. They would have been the top seed in the AFC if they had won this game, if I'm not mistaken. And Bengals show up, probably save their season. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they were sub 1% to make the playoffs if they lost this game per the upshots model. Now up to 6%. And Danny... They might be live to yeah. actually compete in the playoff or compete for a playoff spot, given all the injuries elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If Jake Browning is close to this guy from this point forward, because the next three weeks they host the Colts, who are good, who are an impressive team, but not unbeatable by any means. They host the Vikings, who the Vikings can be anything from quarter to quarter and half to half that you can believe. <laughs> right. And then they're at the Steelers, who we're going to talk about, may not have Kenny Pickett, who underwent ankle surgery on Monday. So they have three winnable games ahead of, of finishing up against the Chiefs and the Browns. Not out of the question that the Bengals and Jake Browning are actually competing for a playoff spot based on how they performed in this season-saving win over the Jags. They are a little frisky because I think when you look at the way that their team is built with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Joe Mixon looked really good tonight too. Um, they've got like the this offensive skill talent to like kind of elevate a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like the 49ers situation, but, you know, 49ers light because they're not quite as talented as the 49ers, but mm-hmm. um, the types of guys that can really create on their own. Like we saw, uh, you know, Jamar Chase make a couple of plays like throughout mm-hmm. the game that – you know, maybe few uh, receivers in the NFL could make. And he's just so powerful, so strong, so fast, so explosive. And then, obviously, T. Higgins starting to get healthy again. And when they have that one-two punch, it could be really effective. And then, again, like, not to just harp on it, but if you look at the teams ahead of them in the playoff race in the AFC, it's, uh, you know, obviously the Broncos, the Bills, and the Texans are pretty pretty feisty as well. But then you've got the Browns at the seventh seed right now. They have a backup quarterback, Joe Flacco, or whoever, maybe DTR. You got the Colts with Gardner Minshew, who can't. He just loves giving the ball away. Um, I love Gardner. He turns the ball over a lot. Um, yes. You got the Steelers with Trubisky for for who knows how long. And now you have the Jags with Bethard or whoever it's going to be going forward. So mm-hmm. this AFC is just wide, wide open. And I feel like there's enough time for th- the you know the rankings to get really shuffled around. So it's yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I I would say I wish that the defense, the, the Bengals defense was playing a little bit better than they 
were like as they were in the beginning of the season because they've kind of mm-hmm. fallen off um, as the season's gone on, and I would feel a little bit better about it because you know obviously the Jags were moving the football on them too. It was it was yes. a very uh, offensive centric game, which I love as a fantasy person, but of course um, doesn't give me a ton of confidence um, for the Bengals to like win shootouts each and every week with the backup quarterback. Yeah. It feels like that has to be their formula is just, we're going to outscore you because we yeah. have the two best wide receivers on the field most weeks, because this pass defense is a problem. They are 31st. They're probably going to be 32nd once ESPN updates the numbers, but 31st right now in QBR when they don't get pressure. And um, we saw in this game, Lawrence, Bethard both had success throwing the football. Um, they lost Cam Taylor Britt, their third-year corner, to a uh, injury. He's on injured reserve and is going to miss at least four games. Um, we saw Dex Hill there for their former first-round pick drop what probably should have been at least a, a pass breakup, if not an interception, that led to a touchdown for the Jags. Um, you can throw on the Bengals right now, yeah, and so yeah. I think, you know they're going to have to be winning shootouts, even if they're playing teams that are not necessarily all that great in the weeks to come, just because their secondary is going to give you opportunities for big plays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, again, like uh, just the fact that Bethard came in and looked pretty like impressive, like is a little bit yeah. worrisome. So yeah, you know, it's, it's something it makes them exciting. I think the fact that they're getting healthier on offense, uh, but again, there's a reason I think they are where they are right now. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. Let's start the Monday news conversation by hitting the Pickett injury. He was already dealing, I believe, with an ankle injury and then re-aggravated that injury before the hours of delays in the Steelers-Cardinals game yesterday. He ends up uh, not returning to the game, which I think a lot of fans also joined him in not returning after that delay. (laughs) He suffers a high ankle sprain. And undergoes surgery, which is a little surprising. We've seen quarterbacks play through high ankle sprains in weeks past or or, or in years past, maybe because he's relying a little more on his mobility, maybe because they felt like it was going to help him heal quicker, given that he'd already been dealing with the injury. We don't know the actual specifics of the surgery, but he's going to miss time. He was not placed Mm -hmm. very conspicuously, not placed on injured reserve. So he could be back, presumably... The Steelers are hoping in three games, if not four games. Um, But I I guess my question for you, Danny, Mm -hmm. it's not like Kenny Pickett was playing well. (laughs) So, so, you know, when you lose Joe Burrow, when you lose Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe you got a great game from Jake Browning, but you are expecting to see a downgrade with Kenny Pickett on the sidelines for the next few weeks and Mitchell Trubisky taking over as the Steelers starting quarterback. Do you expect this to impact the Steelers? I mean, yes, I I do think so. I mean, if you if you look at, uh, I was just checking out Trubisky's passing chart from this last weekend. Of course, this is coming off the bench cold, and so you know, obviously, things can change when you have a full week of practice and everything like that. But um, I think three completions past ten yards. It was a lot of checkdowns. Um, you know, at least he did hit a couple of like down the field passes. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he got. Uh, George Pickens a little bit involved, which is encouraging. But yes, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I think this is going to be an, an offense that still really struggles to move the football. You know, firing Matt Canada isn't like going to solve everything. And 
Yeah, now they play the Patriots, who have been absolutely just stuffing the run lately. For all the mm-hmm. for for how bad the Patriots are right now, and they're bad. Like their defense has given up less than ten points in three straight games. It's mm-hmm. a pretty good defense. Um, and so you know, and the Patriots in particular have not been letting anybody run on them. So I think it's going to be a tough test. Um, this this next week for them to like move the football and everything and. and you know, I could, I would expect them to struggle from that point. But like at the same time, this is Steelers when they seem to just be able to find wins, even when their offense is really, really bad for however long it's been a couple of years. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't necessarily count them out, but I don't I, I don't particularly think this is going to help them. Um, I don't think it's going to be an upgrade at, at all. Yeah, it, it's, it's a weird one, because like you said, the Steelers have found ways to win. But usually that's been through the one thing Kenny Pickett does do pretty well as he does not throw the ball effectively he's not a great scrambler he does not make uh very accurate passes he holds onto the ball too long he takes too many sacks but the one thing he does do well is he does not turn the ball over very often and that's been kind of what's driven their winning stretch between the second half of 2022 and the first half of 2023 is that they haven't turned the ball over now you bring in trubisky for a few weeks Mitch, that's not his forte, is protecting the football. He's going to put the ball in danger. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to fumble. And, I mean, I, I just think about what you know what the reports were about Trubisky last time he was starting for the Steelers. Remember, the, the rumors were that Deontay Johnson basically threw a fit at halftime and said, we have to take this guy out and put Kenny Pickett in. And that was early in the season and what was going to be expected to be a retooling or rebuilding year for the Steelers. Right now, the Steelers are in the playoff picture. They're in the thick of it. They have every reason to be optimistic about their chances of making it to the playoffs, especially given how many quarter teams are dealing with backup quarterbacks uh, against the Steelers defense. So it feels like there's a lot of pressure on Trubisky, not to be great necessarily, but just not to, to, you know, single-handedly, you know, ruin the Steelers formula. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that is the problem. You know, it's, it, I, I feel like, I mean, maybe you have numbers in the back of your head for this, but like, I feel like guys who turn the ball over don't generally stop turning the ball over suddenly. Um, I'm just thinking of guys like Sam Darnold and, you know, mm. it's just kind of like in their DNA to like force the football down the field. Um, even when they know they shouldn't. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. And obviously like fumbling, is an issue for a lot of quarterbacks that doesn't typically go away. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, like, again, like you make a great point. This team is winning basically because they can protect the football, play good defense, they can run the football, and then they, they just, you know, they can get by with Pickett not being very effective as a passer because they do all those other things well enough to win. Um, but if you throw in, if you throw out the variable of protecting the football and, and that sort of flips, you know, we, we know all the stats on, on how – um, different it is when you lose the turnover battle and how, how, like how much that flips the win win ratio or whatever. And so, you know, it could be a, a big issue for this team. I don't, and again, like, so I talked to Craig Horlbeck, my podcast co-host is a Steelers fan and he has like zero faith in this team. So maybe I'm like colored a little bit by his skepticism and cynicism for the, for the Steelers. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel particularly confident about them right now. 
can you imagine being a Steelers fan? You're like furious <laughs> at Matt Canada for a year and a half. He finally gets fired. You have like a kind of nice game where right. like Pat Frymuth has a big game. Kenny Pickett looks good. You don't score a ton of points, but at least you're like, okay, like we can build on this. We, we're building something. We feel good. The next week you go to a Steelers game. They're facing the Cardinals. You're like, okay, we're going <laughs> to blow them out. We're great. The Cardinals are terrible. Our offense is fixed. Kenny Pickett gets hurt. The offense is terrible. You get stuck with like multiple hour long delays for lightning. Uh, The Corgi races get canceled at halftime. Then you're stuck with Mitch Trubisky for the next few weeks. It just feels like you're not seeing nice things happening to Steelers (laughs) fans right now, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Uh, The script writers, man, again, they're really good at this. So, well, uh, yeah. Speaking of the script writers, this is a unique one. Someone had a weird twist on the Zach Wilson saga, Danny, that we oh. also need to talk about based on reporting from The Athletic from Diana Rossini and Zach Rosenblatt. The Jets want to make a switcher quarterback is what they reported. And they were leaning towards making Zach Wilson the starter mm-hmm. after benching him for Tim Boyle and then Trevor Simeon over the past few weeks. But, and here is the twist that the, the script writers came up with. Wilson is reluctant to stepping back in, which <laughs> that's a new one to me. Danny. I yeah. know last year, Taylor yeah. Heineke volunteered Sam Howell to start week 18 against the Cowboys and changed the, the path of the commander's franchise in the process. But like, you don't hear a lot about quarterbacks who were like, okay, listen, we're going to make you the starter. And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't No Thanks. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm really having fun taking it easy on the sidelines. Yeah, and, yeah. and reports came out afterwards. There's, there's some mixed reports. Robert Sala came out and said, Zach does want to start, which, of course, Robert Sala is going to say that. Right, right. But the reports afterwards were that, that Zach Wilson was concerned about getting hurt mm-hmm. behind this Jets offensive line. So, Danny, yeah. what did you make of the the... I would say turmoil, but like there's been the whole season has been embroiled in turmoil, like the latest turmoil with the Jets and their quarterback situation. I'm of so, first of all, I think it's like the big thing and the immediate reaction is like he's scared to compete. That's a really bad sign, or and or he's lost his confidence completely. Um, Mm -hmm. what was all what was left of it after kind of suffering through the the season like this? Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously that's like a really bad sign. You mentioned it. I, I don't remember hearing a, at least a bad quarterback um, refusing to play. Like I, I think there's been a few situations in the past where like good quarterbacks want to force their way out of a, mm-hmm. out of a team. And they're like, no, I'm not like Carson Palmer comes to mind mm-hmm. um, yep. where it's just like, okay, I don't want to play for this team anymore. I'm not playing. I'm retiring. Um, but he was good famously. And Zach Wilson yes. is very bad. And in, and, for all we know, and, and it, I think it's probably very likely, or, or I guess maybe not with all these injuries at quarterback, maybe he will get a chance to start again. But, like, voluntarily, I don't know if another team is going to be like, yeah, we're, you're, you're our starter. Like, wow. this is maybe his last chance to be a starter, right? Um, I mean, you, or do you, you, feel like, you feel like that's it at this point? Like, in terms think, of just, like, that's irreparably changing his his sort of perception around the league? No, no, no. I think even if this hadn't happened today, oh. do you think another team would have given him a chance to be their starter or like traded for him and been like, Hey, you're our starter. I think there's a chance he ends up starting more games because of extenuating circumstances around like injuries or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine any team being like, yeah, we're going to, this is our new starter. You know what I mean? Like, do you agree with that? Or do you disagree? 
Um, do, do XFL teams count in this conversation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a good enough answer. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, the, the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold, picked up his fifth year option, and yeah, but he was playing him in two different seasons. He was playing yeah, better. You're right. That's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I think you know. I guess it, there are some opportunities potentially down the line for him. Right now, it just feels like, yo, you're getting a chance to start NFL games and you should take it. That's kind of my first reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I kind of empathize with him because right. this situation is terrible. Like it's all gone to hell. The Jets, like Jets offense has all gone to hell. Um, and, you know, frankly, there's no future for Zach Wilson in New York. Like, I think that's pretty clear, right? Like there's not a but, future for him. But he's under contract for another season there. He's still <laughs> he's still on, on, under contract next year and with this sort of deal where it's going to be really hard to trade him. So there's a decent chance he's on the roster for the entirety of the 2024 season. Yeah. Unless I guess he could force a divorce somehow. I don't I don't know how it all all would work technically, but um I don't know. To me, it's like I, I kind of empathize with him from that point of view where it's like he knows this is not working in New York. It's not going to work. It's better off if they part ways and why go back mm-hmm. in there. And like he said, he I mean, he came out and said it like why risk injury or it was reported that he said that why risk injury um, for a team that's not going to the playoffs that I'm clearly not and this is him thinking that I'm clearly not capable of like elevating this offense right now. Um I don't know. So it's there's a little bit of like pragmatism there, I guess, that I kind of empathize with. But at the same time, I think my first and initial and biggest reaction is that like this is a really bad sign. Like he's completely lost his confidence. Who does this reflect worse on to you? Zach Wilson for not wanting to play quarterback, given how poorly it's gone or the Jets for building a roster where their former second overall pick does not want to play quarterback. (laughs) Um, probably the Jets, honestly. Like, it, to me, this is just so Jets. The, right. the Jets, like you said the word saga earlier, and I was like, yes, this is exactly what it is. This, this is the saga of the Jets quarterback that goes back, you know, decades. And no, nothing good can happen to Jets quarterbacks ever again. It's just sort of, like, set in stone. Literally, Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the first series. Like, that is just the wild. Like, again, the script writers. This is just the wildest twist. And they and that they forced Zach Wilson back into the mix, um, and honestly, they gave him way too much of a leash uh, mm-hmm. for most of the season. Like he was clearly not good for a very long time, for like way, way too long. Especially when you look around the league, you got Jake Browning throwing for 500 yards. You know, yes. you got um, Josh Dobbs on several Ooh. different teams. Yeah, Joe Flacco sitting on his bench or sitting on his couch, coming off the, mm-hmm. you know, and and just like playing pretty well. It's like, did they not have any other ideas? Um, well, so they, yeah, yeah. they had other ideas, Danny, but we saw we saw um, Tim Boyle play, and we saw a little bit of Trevor Simeon, who I thought was okay. Right, I, th- I thought he was better than Tim Boyle. But what does it tell you that the Jets turned to Zach Wilson for half a season, finally benched him, saw one and a half Tim Boyle starts, who was going to be their <laughs> third string quarterback, and we're like, no, 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 Zach, we're sorry, we're good, we we want to bring you back, like. Like, it doesn't feel like there is any sort of coherent, Mm-mm. like, vision here besides just sheer panic and sheer emotional reactions to what they saw on uh, the prior drive. Yeah, absolutely. That that was what came to mind for me is that the decision-making feels like 
either whether it's like ownership or the GM or I don't know what is happening, but I think it just feels like there's a like pressure coming down, <laughs> down the ladder for the coaching staff to like make these decisions. I know that Robert Sala sort of insinuated that at one time, completed the fifth during an interview oh, for boy. why Zach Wilson is still starting, which is, you know, you don't hear that every day. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. The whole thing is a total mess. Um, I think like anybody like logically would have looked at the situation and been like, they left Zach Wilson in for way too long, especially considering the other options. And then uh, to me that like the most mystifying thing is like, why on earth is Tim Boyle even in the NFL? Like mm. if you look at like his college numbers, yes, um, horrific. you know, he literally had, I think in three seasons at UConn, he had one touchdown and 13 interceptions. That's that, true. How does that person get into the NFL? Like, I, I don't understand it. Um, okay, so that's, there have to be two reasons, right? <laughs> three, 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 three things that all have to be true to justify a quarterback with those numbers and, and still mediocre numbers. I think he went to was he at Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky afterwards for one yeah, year. He, he transferred, transferred and then he went, he put up like eleven touchdowns and thirteen picks. Yes, like, <laughs> like it wasn't like it wasn't like he was still like didn't get above. In, yeah, like. at Blin at Blin you know at, at Blin CC in terms of his his year away from from the top flight. Um, Tim Boyle is tall. He's six foot four. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's tall. He has a strong arm, which are the two most important characteristics for some teams. And the third one, and I feel the most confident about this one, he has to be a good hang. Like he right, has right. to be just like the most fun, chill, like just awesome guy to have around. Because <laughs> Best guy. if he's like if he's kind of a jerk, like you can't imagine him being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so that's something that has been pointed out to me recently. It's like we we've been sort of like where where are they getting these quarterbacks? You know, they've got Tyson Bajan who played at Shepherd, a D two school, is starting games in the NFL this year. Like, what? Where are they finding these guys? And um, and then it was it was pointed out to me, and I think this makes kind of sense, sort of, even though I don't know if I fully buy into it. But it's like basically, like you said, you have to have a guy who's not going to be super threatening for the starter, and you're not going to want you don't want a guy that's the the fan base is kind of clamor for every time the starter makes a mistake. So there's a little bit of like politics to the choosing of your backup quarterback, which I understand. But at the same time, your job is on the line here. You need to win games. And if like your starter goes down, maybe like go find another guy like, like, you know, the Browns did with Joe Flacco. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Just a little bit mystifying, you know, the way that that works. But I, again, I don't, you know, obviously there is, I think relationships and like the politics of not wanting a quarterback, the starting quarterback to feel threatened by the backups and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I don't know who's threatening who with the jets, but (laughs) it feels like everyone is a threat to just ruin jets fans afternoons every Sunday. One more topic of conversation before you finish up here with the Monday news, a relatively big signing or big name signing for December. Shaq Leonard signs a deal to join the Eagles. And we'll talk about Leonard and his fit, but just based on, we'll start with this, just based on what you saw yesterday, Danny, when you watched the Niners-Eagles game on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the biggest need, how much do you think the Eagles needed to add a linebacker to the mix after what you saw from them against the Niners on Sunday? (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those games where uh, it feels like a, the, ex, the word exposed gets thrown around and it doesn't feel like hyperbole. Like the 
the old you know the meme i think uh our friend steven ruiz always shares this like shanahan looking into a microscope mm-hmm. and like deciding who he's going to pick on in any given game and it mm-hmm. was like oh he clearly wanted to attack like that area of the field the, the short and intermediate middle of the field and they got Devo samuel going um on multiple huge plays where he basically just outran or broke tackles against linebackers yep. um you had Christian McCaffrey run a out and up route against a, I can't remember who it was against, but he just burned him down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the guy was turning around and didn't know where he was going. Um, <laughs> and you know, it was like basically they're like, okay, we can get, get we can get big plays against these linebackers, mm-hmm. and they did very very effectively. I mean, they their final six uh, possessions were touchdowns, other than the end of the game possession, and mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I mean, this was an alarming thing, I think, and it's something that you know I'm, I'm sure Eagles fans were aware it was kind of an issue, but in this game, it was like, oh, like that is very concerning. We need to do something about this because, um, you know, again, like we kind of got exposed by a, a team that really knows how to attack that area. It it felt like the linebacker position took that leap from oh, this is a problem to a thing I see from fans every year, one place or another. The Anybody on the planet would be an upgrade on the guys we have at this position right now, <laughs> right? which is usually a bad sign because you end up falling in love with a player who might not actually make things all that better. And and the Colts cut Shaq Leonard for a couple of reasons. One was the fact that he's owed he was owed on his prior deal a little over $6 million guaranteed for injury in 2024. So they wanted to cut him now to avoid triggering that guarantee for 2024 if he got hurt now that he's been released he passed through waivers he's going to sign a new contract with the eagles that guarantees no longer there mm-hmm. so that was one of the reasons they cut him but the other reason they cut him danny is that they didn't see him as a player they trusted at this point of his career against right. the pass he played I believe 79% of the snaps on first and second down for the Colts before he was released. He played 14% of the snaps on third down. And he Mm. came out week after week and said, man, I want to play against the pass. I want to play on third downs. I'm an every down linebacker. You know, he's a proud guy. He's been through some serious injuries. Um, It seems like he's not the same caliber of player he was in years past. But what does it say to you that the Colts were like, we don't trust you in passing situations. And now the Eagles presumably are getting him because they desperately mm-hmm. need somebody to try and, and you know, uh, stem the tide against right. passing situations for their linebackers. Yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot, obviously, that uh, the Colts were willing to just, like, let him go at that point. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. the way that they utilized him, obviously, like we said, where they just didn't really trust him. Um I mean, I guess the the one thing I would say is the Eagles have been really good at sort of bringing in guys that yes. had, you know, fallen out of favor at other places for one reason or the other. Like, the, I mean, the first guy that comes to mind, this is a completely different position, but like mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift, the yep. Lions essentially gave him away and he's been really good for the Eagles. He's been awesome. And so I, th- I, I would not rule out that like maybe a change of scenery is good in this situation, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, it does feel a little bit like a desperation move. Um and so tough to know how it's going to all work out. But yeah, like, um, did he, he, it didn't seem like he had like a ton of really strong interest around the league. I know a couple of teams worked him out, but he didn't, he didn't sign immediately. And so I think some of those things say a lot about the situation. 
Right. But we've seen things happen before. James Bradbury was a yeah, yeah. guy who any team could have had for a late round pick last year. Nobody offered, uh, wanted to pay him. He ended up becoming a cap casualty from the Giants. Eagles sign him. He has a Pro Bowl season. Chauncey right. Gardner-Johnson acquired for a late round pick just before the start of the season. He has a Pro Bowl caliber year for the Eagles a year ago. So uh, definitely intriguing addition. Made sense given what they saw from him on Sunday. But one of those things where it kind of feels like the name is really exciting. Right. right. And the play, maybe, maybe not. We will see in the weeks to come with the Eagles. But Danny... I was so worried we were going to have enough to talk about, and then we had <laughs> we could have done another five topics, yeah. given how much there was to discuss. We didn't even talk about Christian Watson, didn't talk about Jordan Love and refereeing. So much we could have hit, <laughs> and I'm sure so much you'll be discussing on your own show. Yeah, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. We uh, record four days a week. We talk about the NFL in general, Lunatics. but we also, we also talk about fantasy a lot, of course. And then we're going to transition into draft talk starting next week, so... Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks so much to Danny Kelly of The Ringer for hopping on today. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. We'll be doing two shows a week between now and the end of the regular season. Uh, our other show, as usual, Thursday morning should pop up in your feed. But Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, over the rest of the way, we'll have some fun guests between now and the end of the year. But expect this every Tuesday, Monday Night Football Recap and some of the Monday news. Hope you guys enjoyed it and more audio coming later this week.